Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast brought to you by Built Bar. On today's show, we discuss the Nationals' 6-2 loss, a continuation of last Sunday's game against the Orioles in a game in which Starlin Castro went down, and then we discuss the Nationals' 15-3 win over the Orioles in Game 2 of that kind of semi-doubleheader. Steven Strasburg obviously goes down with an injury, so a whole lot to get to today on a busy episode of the Locked On Nationals podcast. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nats have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts in Los Angeles. The kick in. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. You are listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast, your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. All right, everyone, let's get to it. Locked On Nationals podcast here. First thing is first, the Nationals lost 6-2 in what was a continuation of last Sunday's game on August 9th. That game was obviously delayed by the much maligned TARP incident with the Nationals grounds crew. So now you think about what happened in that game and the Nats this week split with the Mets. So they're going into this Friday, you know, basically facing the finishing touches of what would be a sweep for the Orioles in this game. And Strasburg made that start last Sunday, struggled later on to get through the start, and the Nats come into this game 6-2. to two. The one thing I noted, and I felt this way heading into it, the Nationals did have the ability to come back in this game. And the big reason why is because I, I think what we saw over the last week with their offense against the Mets is what we've been looking to see for a lot of the season. Obviously, adding Soto is such an important part of what the Nats do offensively, and you saw that this week on full display. You head into this game, it's only a three-run margin at the time, and you feel like they can claw back in it. Offense starts out very slow, and you get concerned maybe for the second game that it won't be there. Uh, And that was not the case as the Nats went on to win the second game 15-3. But... For what happened in the conclusion of the first game, which congrats to the Orioles on finishing off your sweep, basically, uh, you know, five days later. What's important here is that Starlin Castro fields a ball in the sixth inning, apparently rolls his rolls over his wrist, and uh, that caused him to be injured. He would end up leaving the game in the seventh inning. He stayed in, uh, it got hurt in the sixth. He ends up leaving in the seventh. Concern for him is uh, was very apparent. It's a broken wrist. Obviously a very difficult situation for the Washington Nationals. Castro has been their three-hole hitter all season, has hit very well so far, and he goes down. Luckily for the Nationals, one thing that occurred was there was a rain delay, ironically enough, 
between the end of the first game and the beginning of the second game. The tarp came out on the field uh, this time successfully, might I add, for the Orioles grounds crew. So kudos to them. Word comes down before game two that Luis Garcia, the 20 year old prospect for the Nationals, was activated and brought from the traveling taxi squad into the game, thrown into the fire, and he would end up being a part uh, of the game last night, the 15-3 win, in a big way. So that is where we stand with that situation. Davey Martinez said that he believes it is going to be Luis Garcia moving forward at that second base position. Um, I'm not sure how much variance you're going to see. I think, you know, in a season like this, we are seeing so many teams struggle with injuries. I would say it's going to be a whole lot of Luis Garcia moving forward. All right, we're going to take a pause before we fully get into game number two, because there's a lot to unpack there. Obviously, we'll start off with that Strasburg injury. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. The new and improved Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. 18 amazing flavors now, including nut and non-nut flavors. They've got six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They have the 12 original flavors, six with nut, six without nut. They are healthy, very good for you. Built Bar has a very special deal for our listeners right now. You can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last, so I would do it here pretty quickly. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for your first $10 off at builtbar.com, and you can get a free cooler with your next purchase. All right, time for game number two of this uh, doubleheader that was played on Friday. It is game one of this three game weekend set in Baltimore. The Nationals came into this game with a record of six and 10. The Orioles came in with a record of 11 and seven. They've done very well against the National League East, the Nats included, and the Phillies over the past week. Your pitching matchup, it was Tommy Malone, who had a really nice outing last time against the Nats, against Steven Strasburg. And things go pretty according to plan there for the first inning. Bottom of the first is where things get interesting. Steven Strasburg gives up a home run to Anthony Santander. It appeared there he wasn't feeling a ton of discomfort. The proceeding at bat, you can tell there's something wrong with his hand. Davey Martinez comes out. They pull him out of the game and. Fastball up and away. Paul Lassard and Davey Martinez. I mean, they're seeing what I'm seeing, obviously. What we're seeing. If it ain't right, don't take a chance. He knows that. Pause. The body language didn't look right. You see how he jerked yeah. it? And, and, and then he right away him. he shakes the elbow. So that just tells me that that nerve is still inflamed that's right, I just th think it's a why take a chance I said it in the open before the rain delay oh. there's no need to take a risk with your career if it's not right shut it down after the game Martinez said you know I'm not going to put him in a spot like that anymore because it did seem like Strasburg might have just been a bit I don't know rushed or he wants to get back on the field obviously the Nats wanted him back out on the field and so it resulted in him re-aggravating that hand that we know that he has been dealing with. So he leaves the game and Eric Fetty comes in to replace him. And Eric Fetty does an excellent job. Uh, five and one thirds innings, two hits allowed, three walks, no runs, throws 69 pitches. And for Fetty, 
on this young season. I think the the spots he's been asked to come in and pitch, for the most part, he's done a very good job. He's worked 17, uh, 17 and two-thirds innings. He's given up five earned runs. His ERA is sitting around uh, 255. So, you know, the strikeouts for Fetty aren't always going to be there. But, you know, this is this is kind of some of the best work he's given the Nationals in, in spots that they really needed him. He has come in and pitched very aptly in a situation like this where the Nats bullpen has been uh, depleted over the last few days with injuries and with how much that they've had to play. This has been a revelation for the Nats. And it's been, I mean, it's been a savior. He's been a savior in some sorts because... You know, all these spots they keep asking him to make, and this is now two spots where he's had to come in and pitch as opposed to Strasburg. One was that scheduled start that Strasburg was scratched from against the Yankees. This one, he's coming in just in relief and, you know, impressive, impressive work because they only have to use two other bullpen pitchers, Will Harris and Ryan Harper, who both struggle. But Fetty is really earning his keep right now and doing, you know, he loses out on that fifth starter spots, Austin both might not have been the worst thing for Eric Fetty. And we're seeing him shine right now. He was crucial to make sure that this, this game for the Nats didn't become, you know, a back and forth affair where all the Nats are using their bullpen and in a game where the Nats offense showed up, Fetty really was the stopgap that allowed the Nats to get that big lead. And the Nats began to get to Tommy Malone in the second inning. It was a really nice day across the board. Trey Turner gets three hits. Adam Eaton gets two hits and you know, he's struggled as of late, but it was good to see Eaton get back on the board. Cabrera. He, uh, he drives in two runs as well. Juan Soto, two hits in the evening drives in a, uh, two runs ho-hum evening for him. As we know, Wilmer Defoe even getting on the board, uh, with a hit Luis Garcia drives in two, And we've got some audio for you all of Luis Garcia, his first major league hit. He goes the other way. And then he lines one down the line later in the game to drive in a couple runs for the Nets. Uh, very impressive stuff from the 20-year-old. Oh, look at that. And the dugout likes that one, too. Howie will stop at second. First major league hit for Luis Garcia. Get the ball. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Luis Garcia. Great approach. That ball hit hard down right field way by Garcia. Going to get his first major league RBIs on that one. And the onslaught continues. The Nets, two more, and it's 13 to 2. Nice debut. This is a young man who drew so much attention in, in spring training. And it's funny, he was oftentimes, you know, he was oftentimes confused with Juan Soto because of the way he hits, obviously, uh, you know, hitting from the left side of the plate, and also his build. He is a big, big young man, over six feet tall, 211 pounds. He and Soto are both going to fill out and be uh, pretty large human beings, pretty sturdy human beings uh, once they hit their, you know, their their older years. But you, know, he looked, he looked at home. He looked comfortable and uh, he looked excited to play, but not jittery. And I think the one thing you can take from that is that the Nationals, and this is just kind of you know on the surface, have done a good job of kind of cultivating some star potential players who don't look that frazzled or rattled by the moment. Obviously, Juan Soto never appears to be rattled by any moments. And uh, Luis Garcia, at least in this moment, MLB debut, he goes two for five, drives in a pair of runs, uh, an impressive evening for him. And what we should note is 
we were asking for the Nats, you know, to get some some power into their lineup. And on this evening, you know, the only home run actually came. It was a solo shot from Carrera. The rest of the night, it was guys moving a line with runners on base and, you know, at times two outs. You look at the uh, the third inning, especially the Nats get they get uh, two runs in the second to make it two to one. The third inning, they end up scoring on a fielder's choice. Howie Kendrick singles. Uh, Carter Keboom follows that up with a single to score two as well. And then sacrifice fly next inning um, scores a run. Then the seventh inning, they get that solo shot. The eighth, another great example of the Nationals keeping the line moving. Uh, Turner singles, Eaton singles, Soto singles, Kendrick sack fly, and a Garcia, that, that double that I mentioned earlier. They're finally showing their ability to string together hits. That's something that we had not seen previously. We did get to see a bit more offensive output from the Nationals in their games against the Mets, but we did not see it, like I said, them moving the line like they did in this game. And they get Tommy Malone, who takes the loss. He goes four innings, gives up three earned runs, only two strikeouts. Like I mentioned, Eric Fetty on the uh, hook there for the win. Nats do a good job of holding down this Orioles lineup that, you know, gave it to them a few times last week. Baltimore, uh, they score three runs on six hits. Nationals, here's the big kicker, 19 hits. They score 15 runs. And we discussed a lot about their uh, hitting with runners and scoring position. Last night, the Nationals, 9-4-17 with runners in scoring position. Um, They leave eight guys on base, but when you go 9 for 17 that's totally okay because they had guys on base all night. On the other hand, the uh, the Orioles go one for 10. Great job of the Nats of when there was some traffic, getting out of it, and an impressive win. The Nats get to 7-10, and 5-2 and two on the road. Baltimore goes to 11-8, and 3-5 at home. Game two of this series is going to be played today at 7.05, I believe. Weather should not affect this one, 7.35, excuse me. Um, it's going to be... Patrick Corbin against Wojciechowski, and I'm excited to see this happening because I've liked what I've seen so far this season from Wojciechowski, excuse me. And also Corbin, I I think he's done very well uh, this season as well. His stuff's been nasty. He's looked sharp, and I'm excited for this game. I'm going to wrap here with a couple notes on some things that happened. Uh, We'll we'll wrap up with Strasburg, but uh, Dakota Backus deserves a lot of credit. It's been eight years, and he's been on 10 different minor league teams. On Friday at the age of 29, Backus finally got into the game. He pitched two scoreless, perfect innings for the Nationals uh, against the Orioles in that game that they were finishing up, the the Sunday game they finished up. And so for him, um, in a time where the Nationals need bullpen pitching, when you're seeing Sam Freeman go down with an injury, Sean Doolittle is on the injured list with an injury, and it's important that guys like this step up and I'm not sure how much more they're going to get for him in terms of stepping up, but he's going to get a chance in some relatively high leverage situations just due to how shot the nationals pitching situation is right now. And I know, you know, it's something you can't complain about because a lot of teams across the league are dealing with these very same issues. So I think it's just a worth a shot out there and uh, we'll see if he can become a productive part of this bullpen that, you know, has not been fantastic so far this year, and it's not getting the outings that they need from some of their key guys, your Harris's, your Hudson's, etc. So let's close out talking about Steven Strasburg. If I had my druthers, 
I would say shut it down just with the contract they gave him and what you're seeing across the league right now with how many guys are going down with injuries. The Nationals have far too much invested in Steven Strasburg to leave him out there, in my opinion. I think when you look at, um, the, once again, the injury rate this season and this hand injury, you know, the, the nerve is, is just, it appears to still be flaring up and swelling up and it's causing him a relative amount of discomfort. In this 60-game sprint, I've been you know, very, very passionate about, hey, this should mean a lot. All the guys are here to play baseball, and clearly Steven Strasburg has been involved. We saw it the other day when he got ejected uh, in New York. Clearly passionate about what's happening, wants to be back out there on the field, but he's just not at 100%. And it's not one of those injuries where, oh, even if a guy's not at 100%, uh, he can go out there and battle. You know, on your pitching hand, man, it's just got to be right. It's got to feel right, and... You don't want him pitching through pain in a season like this 60-game season where he could cause some kind of long-term damage, long-term injury, and, uh, and you know jeopardize his future. Once again, I'm no expert on hand injuries, and I don't know if he could you know cause an injury that could hurt him long-term. But I just think that for right now, it's important that the Nats shut him down. What they're going to do, probably slide Fetty in. So you're not going to get kind of that long reliever help out of the bullpen they're going to have to find somebody else to fill that role. But for right now, I think Fetty should slide into that rotation and, um, you know, give them some help. And right now, I just think it's important to note the Nats rotation, they're hurting. Obviously, they have Scherzer and Corbin. Um, but the back part, you know, if Sanchez isn't that steady four, which, you know, that's that's what you depend on him to be is a guy, you know, who'll give you seven innings, a three-run ball, and you, you kind of know what to expect on a night-by-night basis. Uh, what you can expect from him right now is not great. And Austin Voth, too, has shown that he can be vulnerable. Fetty hopefully can give you some uh, stability there. And I know it's a crazy thing to say that maybe Eric Fetty can provide some stability. But that's the spot the Nationals are in. When it comes to Strasburg's immediate future, you know, obviously I just said I think you should shut him down. But Davey Martinez said, I'm not going to put him in a spot like that again. I'm not going to jeopardize him again. We're going to take a hard look. We're going to take care of him. So... My my feeling is, is that they're going to keep him around and try to not nudge him toward returning, but keep him active, have him throwing and just keep managing that pain level. And before they send him out there again, I definitely think you're going to see him pitch a simulated game. That's that would be what I would do uh, in the management spot is just have him pitch a simulated game. Try to put him in some relatively high leverage situations and say, look, we can, we're not going to put you back out there. We're not going to put you back in a potentially difficult spot unless you show to us and you show to yourself that you can pitch pain-free and be the Steven Strasburg, uh, you know, you know that you, that you can be. So uh, that that is what I believe on that front. All right, we will come back on either Sunday night or Monday morning with a recap of what happens in these next two Nationals-Orioles games. Make sure you guys go follow at LO Nationals on Twitter, at Josh Neighbors underscore as well as my Twitter handle, and make sure you guys subscribe, download, and also please, if you guys could leave us a review, whether it be written or star amounts, that's the best way to keep this podcast going and to share it with other Nationals fans who might be interested. And one last note, make sure you guys check out the Locked On MLB podcast, as well as the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Both of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by CBDMD. Doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete or a stay-at-home parent or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. 
Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters the most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked on MLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code Locked on MLB for 25% off your purchase of superior oil products from CBDMD. 